0: If you have visited the Outer Banks, you probably are already aware of the significant historical event that took place there. In 1903, two bicycle dealers from Dayton, Ohio, left Dayton to go to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And if you know your history, you know that Orville and Wilbur Wright went to Kitty Hawk because they had a dream they had a dream of flying. And so they set about to build an airplane. And they wanted to be the first in flight. And on December 17th, 1903, they sent a telegram, which a telegram for you young folks was the equivalent of a text message (laughs) back in 1903. And so they sent a telegram back to Dayton Here's what the telegram said, quote, first sustained flight in history, 59 seconds, hope to be home by Christmas, end quote. The next day, the Dayton newspaper carried a small paragraph on an inside page. It said, quote, local bicycle dealers, Orville and Wilbur Wright, hope to return to Dayton before the holidays, end quote. That's all it said. Incredibly, someone had missed the point of the telegram. The point was the first flight in history had taken place, not that they would be home by Christmas. And sometimes I think that we miss the point when we talk about serving others. We begin to think of our busy schedule, and we begin to think of inconveniences to us, and we begin to think that the church is trying to get something from me to fill some of the volunteer spots, and we put up our guard because we don't want to be manipulated into doing something that we don't want to do. But the point that I think we miss is this. We were created by God to help others. We were created by God to help others in some way. He wants to love others through us. We were made for so much more than just chasing after success and achieving things in life and owning things in life we were designed for so much more than that jesus asked a piercing question in luke chapter 9 here's what he says what will you gain if you own the whole world but destroy yourself or waste your uh, waste your life What will you gain if you own everything, if you achieve all of those goals, but you destroy yourself or waste your life? And when we fail to let God love others through us, when we fail to live out his plan for us, we're just unfulfilled and happy and and unhappy. And it doesn't matter how much we own or how many of our goals we achieve, we're unfulfilled and unhappy And for many people, what's missing in their life is they're living for themselves. They're doing things for themselves. And what they're doing feels empty. It feels like a waste of time because they're missing a key part of what they were created to do. God made you for more. He made you for more. He wants to love others through you. But to really embrace the fact that God made you for more, you have to understand what God really wants from you. You know, there is not a single verse in the Bible, not even one that gives me the freedom to live my life any old way I want to. There's not even one verse in the Bible that says, I can choose to live my life the way that I want to while still calling myself a Christ follower. He doesn't just want my relationship with him to be an important part of my life he wants my entire life he wants my entire life jesus would agree with something that c.s lewis said here's what lewis said christianity if false is of no importance and if true of infinite importance the only thing it cannot be is moderately important the only thing christianity cannot be is moderately important it can't just be one of the important things in our life if we honestly believe in jesus if we believe christianity is true then it deserves everything we've got the only thing christianity cannot be is moderately important it's either all or nothing it's either true and should determine and direct the rest of our lives or if it's not true you should just check it and go do whatever it is you want to do but there's still a lot of people Trying to sit on the fence and some of them say you know what I I really don't know what God wants me to do now if you're one of those people who are saying I just honestly don't know what God wants me to do," pay attention to this next verse Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says this this is what the Lord your God wants you to do okay got it this is gonna tell you exactly what God wants you to do here's what he says respect the Lord And do what he has told you to do. Love him. Serve the Lord your God with your whole being. Seems pretty clear, doesn't it? What God wants you to do is he wants you to respect him. He wants you to obey what he has told you to do. He wants you to love him. And then he wants you to serve the Lord with your whole being. He wants you to serve the Lord with your whole being. Serving with your whole being is the part of that verse that tends to cause us to squirm just a little bit. It causes us to squirm just a little bit because God doesn't want just an hour or two from you on the weekend. That's not what he wants. He wants my entire life. He wants my whole being. He wants us to let him love us And he wants us to let him love others through us. He designed us that way, and we're going to be unhappy and fulfilled until we let him use us. And when you feel like you're wasting your life and you're just going through the motions, you're going to feel that way until you understand God made you for more. He made you for more than just an ordinary life. And you need to begin... Living that out in your life. So let's spend a little time investigating and understanding how God designed you. First, I want you to see that God designed you uniquely. He designed you uniquely. God broke the mold after making us. We are each unique. Look at this verse from Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now, when it says we're wonderfully made, wonderfully could be translated distinct or marked out. We are made in a distinct way or we are marked out. In the way that we're made. Meaning, the meaning of the word is not that the person is recognizing their own awesomeness. They're not recognizing their own quality by saying, wow, I am just wonderfully made. But they're realizing their uniqueness. They're realizing that they are different and distinct. Now, how unique we are really came home to me in a powerful way when my kids were born, I guess, especially after our second daughter was born. You know, when we were getting ready to have a second child, I just assumed that she would be just like our first child, that she would be just like her older sister, and that was not the case. Our oldest, Angela, was pretty energetic. At three months old, she tipped over the baby seat that we had put her in. She started talking really early, and she has not stopped for the last 36 years. Our um, second daughter, Bethany, didn't roll over till she was five years old. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but she was much more sedate. And Angela never liked to cuddle, but Bethany was a cuddly baby. Bethany was our born negotiator. She was our itinerary child, you know, our planner. And our third daughter, Kayla, was even different yet. Even though she was born with a chronic illness, she was a born entertainer and comedian. And all of my girls have red hair, but I remember the day that Kayla was born, being struck by the fact that her hair was a fourth color of red, different than her mom and different from her sister's. You see, we're all different. We're all unique. God broke the mold when he made you. Look around the room. We are all different, different sizes. Some have more hair. Some have less hair. Some of us are different colors and nationalities. And all of us are designed and wired by God for a purpose. God loves variety. God loves variety. And that's one of the cool things about God. Do you realize that there are over 300,000 species of beetles in our world? Now, somebody last night told me there's really only four beetles. But spelling it a little different, there's over 300,000 species of beetles. Come to Impact and you will learn all sorts of uh, facts and uh, to amaze your friends with. 300,000 species of beetles. You would think that 10,000 different types of beetles would be enough. But God loves variety. You take the average cubic foot of snow, and there is 18 million snowflakes in it, and not one of them are alike. They are all unique. different look at what it says in Psalm 104 oh Lord what a variety you have made and in wisdom you have made them all the earth is full of your riches the variety that God has created has made the earth a rich place to live in wisdom he made them all just think about the human body and the wisdom God put into making the human body take something as simple as our foot there are 26 bones that make up our foot. Do you realize that the average person that plays a full game of soccer puts an accumulative force on each foot of a of a thousand tons? That's per foot, a thousand tons. Maybe you're getting hungry. And. Um, Maybe you're gonna go out afterwards and breakfast is always a great thing to have no matter what time of the day. So you're gonna sit down and you're going to eat this nice stack of buttermilk pancakes. Imagine it, warm pancakes, butter melting down, syrup all over the top of it, you get the image. So you take, I think I just helped IHOP uh, this afternoon. Anyway, you take a fork and you lift it to your mouth to take a bite. Did you know that it takes over 30 joints just to do that one action? When you think of the complexity of our mind working together with our nerves and muscles and joints and bones just to take a bite of food, we should stand in awe. God made us with wisdom. And the brain is three pounds of the most intricately pieced together matter in the entire universe that we know of. And do you realize that in the average brain, you can store 25 million books worth of information. And you say, well, I just read one page before I came to church today, and I can't even remember what I read. Well, maybe not, but you can actually store 25 million books worth of information, and the brain can hold 3 trillion images. God made all of that with wisdom. And he made it to accomplish his purpose. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. We get low self-esteem. And we think that we're worthless and that we don't matter. We get frustrated because of the failures in our lives. And we get frustrated when our bodies don't work the way that they used to. And don't move the way that they used to. However, we forget that we are this complicated, intricate design. That we are a masterpiece of the living God. We're a masterpiece of the living God. He wove us together in our mother's womb to accomplish his purpose. God created you uniquely. You are one of a kind. There is no other you. The second thing I want you to understand about how God made you is God designed you intentionally. Intentionally. Look at a few more verses from Psalm 139. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. These verses are saying that who we are didn't come about accidentally. Who we are didn't come about accidentally. When you and I were conceived, God was involved. He designed the people that we have become. He saw our unformed body and decided the way that we would be. He decided our genetics. He decided that some of us would struggle with our weight, and some of you would never, ever understand that struggle. He decided who would have curly hair and who would, have ha- who would be handsome and have no hair. you laughed at that. My feelings are a little hurt. But some of those things are really secondary to who we are inside. At the same time that God was deciding the physical stuff, he was deciding what spiritual gifts, what talents he would give to each of us. He decided to give me leadership gifts and speaking gifts. He decided to give some of you gifts of hospitality and encouragement or musical gifts. And he gave others the gift of mercy or wisdom or helping. And he also gave us a heart for certain things, a passion for certain things. He gave some of you a heart for children, and you are just energized. You come alive when you're working with children. And he gave some of you a heart for people who are hurting, people who need to heal past hurts and some of you are just energized by working with homeless people or with our revolution ministry or in a counseling ministry and others of you have a heart for people who really need Jesus and you want to help them cross the line of faith and you're passionate about evangelism or you're passionate about missions and whatever spiritual gifts and talents you have and whatever your heart passion is, it isn't an accident. God made you that way on purpose. He made you that way intentionally. And many times when we start talking about spiritual gifts and talents, someone will come out in the lobby afterwards and they will say, well, I wish I had some spiritual talent. I'm just preventing that today. Many times they'll come out and they'll say, you know, Steve, I heard what you said about talents and abilities, but I'm the one person that does not have any spiritual talent. I don't have any spiritual ability. I am just talentless. Here's my answer to that. Yes, you do. You have spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities, spiritual talents. You know how I know that? The Bible says it. The Bible is clear that God gave each of us talents and abilities. Look at this from Ephesians 4, verse 7. However, Christ has given each of us special abilities, whatever he wants us to have out of his rich storehouse of gifts. Underline that phrase, each of us. You know what it means? Each of us, each and every one of us, has been given talents by God and abilities by God, and God gave them to us deliberately. And you might not know what your special abilities are yet or what your talents are, but I know you have at least one because the Bible promises that you will. And I know something else too. Let me um, share with you an important fact. Write this down. God doesn't regret designing you the way he did. God doesn't regret designing you the way that he did. Look at this passage from Romans 11. Here's what it says. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. You know what that means? God has never repented for giving you the gifts and talents that He's given to you. He has never once in heaven said, Oh man, I'm sorry I gave that hammer guy speaking gifts. He's not sorry about that. You might be, but He's not. He has never repented of the gifts and the calling that he has put in our life look at the same verse in a more modern translation god never changes his mind about the people he calls and the things that he gives them he never changes his mind because he was wise he was an in, intentional in giving you the special abilities that he gave you now since that's true, since God's never been sorry for the gifts and talents that he's given you, shouldn't you be satisfied? If God's not sorry he gave you those gifts and talents, shouldn't you be satisfied with what he's giving you? I mean, too often we aren't satisfied, are we? We're not satisfied with what God's given to us. We wish that we had other gifts and talents. I mean, I've always wished that I could sing a solo that would just leave you speechless. Okay, if I sang a solo, you would be speechless. (laughs) You would be thinking words just can't describe how bad that was. But I mean, I wish that I could just bring you to tears. Again, if I sang a solo, it would do that. But you know what I mean. I would love to be able to sing in a way that would actually bless people, that would draw them closer to Jesus but god didn't gift me that way he didn't gift me that way and i could sit around feeling cheated or upset that i can't sing a solo or i can't learn uh, that i can't do what others can do in that way or i can just learn to be satisfied with the god, the gifts that god has given me the gifts he's given me and if god isn't sorry he gave me the gifts he gave me why should i be it's incredible that for every person On the face of the earth, God took the time to intentionally design us very specifically. We just need to learn how he designed us. We just need to love living out the special and specific design that God gave to each of us. The last fact about how God made you is really important. And that is God designed you purposefully. Purposefully. We have said God made you unique. And he made you intentionally, but um, learning about these things and the specific set of talents and abilities uh, that God has given you is a really interesting thing. It's a really cool thing, but we aren't just supposed to understand that. We're not just supposed to know that. We're supposed to let that change our lives. It's supposed to change our lives, and that's the point. Knowing these things helps us in a lot of ways. It helps us understand why we deal with conflict the way that we do and why we react to certain situations the way that we do and why we're drawn towards certain people and repelled by other people. And it can start to give me insight into all of those areas. It may also start reducing stress in your life. I have learned that the more comfortable I become in my own skin and the more comfortable I become with who God's created me to be and the more comfortable I become living that out, the more freeing that is. It becomes very freeing. If I spend my life trying to be like someone else or comparing myself to other people, you know, wondering, gee, am I as good of a speaker as they are? Do I hold up to their standards? Do I do what they do? If I do that, it will just be a very stressful life. It's very freeing to just live out who God created you to be, to be comfortable In your own skin. And as I begin to live out God's design for me. And lean into my own strengths. And accept my own weaknesses. Then God can use my life. He can use my life. Look one more time at Psalm 139 at verse 16. It says your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. This verse says, not only did God see my unformed body and intentionally design me, but he ordained my days. He set apart or ordained my days. What does that mean? Well, it means that God had a vision for my life. He had a plan for for what I should be doing in my life. He planned to use me. He had a purpose for me. And when we realize that God designed us purposefully, it brings this level of significance into our lives. And when we begin to live according to his purpose, we feel like we're accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. And we let go of the things that we're not gifted to do. And we focus on the things that God has wired us to do. And when we realize this, it changes everything. It changes everything. You are that significant to God. You're part of his plan. He has a vision for your life. Realize that you, as you are with your gifts and abilities, you are God's masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. And He designed you to be used by Him. Look at these verses. Proverbs 16:4 says, "The Lord has made everything for His own purpose." And then Ephesians 2:10 says this, "God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. God planned in advance when He ordained your days for you to live your life with his purpose. So what is it that God made you to do? I don't know yet. Maybe you have an idea or maybe you don't have a clue, but I know this, when you find it, when you begin to live it out in your life, and serve others and make a difference for Jesus, you will be happier than you have ever been. You will be comfortable in your own skin and with your own abilities because you will be right in the center of God's plan for your life. You will be doing what he always intended for you to do. I want you to hear today from Adam Robinson, who has discovered, like you, that God made him for more than just an ordinary life. Let's welcome Adam.
1: Good morning. My name is Adam, and I've been attending Impact for a little over three years. Many of you may not know me, and oddly enough, I'm OK with that. <laughs> Usually on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, you will find me happily tucked away in the AV booth. So why am I standing here today? What could possibly convince me to leave the comfort of behind the scenes? Well, I was asked today to talk about being more for something, made for something more than ordinary lives. Ordinary is defined as with no special or distinctive features. Normal. For most of my life, that was my goal, stay below the radar, blend in, be normal. What's wrong with ordinary? Well, after, after sitting in church services for years, I heard many times that exact opposite, that I was made to be extraordinary and God gave me special features. So what now? I've always loved music, and sound for as long as I can remember. As a teenager, any vehicle I owned would quickly receive the best sound system I could afford. As I grew up, got married, got a real job, I had no time for that hobby. So when we moved to Pittsburgh and started attending Impact, I began thinking again about how to serve in this church. When think about what I love to do outside of work and where my natural talents and interests lie to serve in the church, it was obvious, the AV team. It's amazing to me that I get credit for volunteering and serving as something that I love to do. I found myself getting audio DVDs, subscribing to monthly sound magazines. I've also met many other people here at Impact that have similar interests and personalities. When you serve in an area that you truly enjoy, you meet other like-minded people and build a relationship to serve together. So that is all great, but now I'm going to talk about the other ministry that I, that I participate in here at IMPACT. I lead a growth group every Friday night. If you remember what I said about being at the beginning, I am textbook introvert. If you look, up the, if you look in the dictionary for introvert, it says proper noun, Adam Robinson. <laughs> so thinking about leading a growth group did not exactly give me the same excitement as working with the sound team. So why not just accept I love sound. I was clearly meant to to serve there, and stop searching. I felt God asking me to step out of my comfort zone. God asked us to sacrifice, and working in the sound booth might be a sacrifice for some, but I can't put it in that category. Shouldn't we love what we do when we serve God? I prayed about it and let Bill know that I would be willing to lead a group. And you know what? I love it. God created me and knows my inner workings and knows my talents and shortcomings. He was asking me to step out of my comfort zone because he knew how much I would mature and, yes, love what I was doing. Apparently, God knows the things which activities will bring true happiness in my life. My growth group is awesome. They teach me something new each week. We've built a family and relationships that will last a lifetime. Now I see that God used both for his glory. We may have talents and obvious that are obvious and we should use them. But we should also trust that our Creator knows about talents that we haven't even discovered yet, and we would like to develop in us. So you may not know what God made for you, what God made for you, but He does. If you have, if you have to try, a you, but you have to trust that our creator knows about talents that we haven't discovered yet, and he would like to develop in us. So you may not know what God made for you, but he does. You may have to try a few ministries if you are unsure of what you like. But what we do, what we do now is that we're all made for something more. Not knowing what area you are meant to serve isn't a reason to not participate. It's a reason to start trying something today. So many Americans go to work, pay bills, eat, go to bed, repeat the next day. Many people, many more people than ever report being lonely and depressed. As believers, we know we were made for something more than mundane. You don't have to live ordinary lives. You can live lives full of purpose and direction, and we can do and we can do it in ministries filled with others, share, others that share our passion. I have so many other dimensions in my daily life other than work and bills. I do sound for impact. I have a group of awesome people that I hang out with every Friday. We play games together. We volunteer. We go on missions trips. We go to baseball games, firework shows. We live life together. If your life is feeling boring, lonely, and ordinary, there's a simple solution. Serve. We were made to serve, and when we are not serving, we feel the God gap that arises from not, being, not living in his will. If you're looking for joy in the everyday life, serve. Without my church family and service opportunities, my life would be mundane. It would just be my work. My speaking today might seem like an ordinary thing, Sometimes at church, people get up and talk. But let me assure you that this is God doing an extraordinary thing in my life, pushing me out of my ordinary world into a place to trust him.
0: You may think it's strange that we ask a textbook introvert to share, and some of you are right there with Adam, and you're afraid we're going to ask you to share, <laughs> and we might someday, <laughs> but you need to hear that God has made people with different gifts and abilities, and sometimes we discover what those are. Here's an introvert that's leading a growth group. He's really comfortable back there where none of us are looking at him, um, but he's also learned that God uh, is using him as a growth group leader, and God is going to use you also. Uh, Just like Adam, I want you to understand God's designed for you, and uh, I want you to know that he doesn't design junk. He designed you uniquely. He was deliberate and intentional in how he designed you, and he designed you with a purpose. He put you here on earth, and I believe he put you here in this church because he has designed you to be used by him in a way that only you can be used. He wants you to serve him with your whole being, and until you do that, You're not going to feel the joy and fulfillment that God has for you because you're working against his design for your life. So how do we do this? You might be asking, how do I discover my special abilities? What do I do from here? Well, our GPS class would be a great place to start, or you can talk to our First Steps people over here at the piano after the service. But really, it's very simple. We we put our hands in God's hands. And we allow him to lead us and to guide us and to do great things through our lives. I'm adapting something Bishop uh, Kenneth Omer once said. He said, a basketball in my hands is worth $29.99. A basketball in Shaquille O'Neal's hand is worth about $3 million. A golf club in my hand is a very dangerous weapon. (laughs) A golf club in Tiger Woods' hands is a golfing championship. Tennis rackets in my hand won't get the ball very far. Tennis rackets in the Williams sisters' hands and you have a Wimbledon champion. A football in my hand won't give you a run at the Super Bowl. A football in Ben Roethlisberger's hands will give you a chance at a Super Bowl ring. A brush in my hand will give you a terrible excuse for a painting. A brush in an artist's hands will create a masterpiece. A life in my hand will lead to a lot of headaches but my life in the hand of God will lead to a life of purpose. So I want to ask you as we conclude the message, will you just look at your hands? Simply look at your hands. Look at them. They're unique. Your fingerprints are unlike anyone else's. These are your hands, and they're absolutely unique. God has given them to you, and I'm asking you today, as you look at your hands, just to pray a simple prayer. Just say, God, I'm going to put my hands in your hand. I'm going to surrender my problems and my life to you. And if you do that, God will use you. He will love others through you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, these are our hands. And our hands, like the rest of us have been created by you uniquely and intentionally and purposefully. Father, I pray that you will help each one of us to experience the joy and the fulfillment of being your hands and your feet in this world. Father, we want to let you love us and then we want to let you love others through us. And so, Father, I pray for each person that you will help them to understand how special they are to you and that you have given them special abilities so that they can be used by you. And so, Father, we put our hands in your hand, asking you to guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen.